Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 1st of October, 2020. And as the calendar turns to October 2020, you can be pretty certain that there will be one thing dominating the headlines over the next month, and that is the upcoming election here in the United States of America, especially since at the top of that ballot will be the presidential election uh, between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. And that's going to get a lot of attention from every corner of our society here over the next month. And just a few days after that, there will be this election. Now, as Christians, there is a lot that we must do to think carefully through all the issues that will be presented to us over the next month. And frankly, as Christians, there is a lot going on in our country and even in the political system that should be of concern to faithful, godly people. But often it is hard to keep those concerns in the right perspective. Where I think on the one hand, some people want to get wrapped up entirely in the political process and and really live and die with every different headline and any change in the news cycle. And really, we can start to think that whatever happens there in in November on election day, that is going to be the most important thing in the universe. And on the other hand, I think it's easy, even though we have these concerns, just to get so fed up really maybe with politics and what you might see as the inability of either side to get anything done and just want to throw it all away and not care, not pay attention, not listen at all to what is going on. And no matter what side you might find yourself on in that, I think there is one thing that we're going to see in God's word today that should shape our perspective as we prepare for the next month and gearing up for a presidential election. And we're going to see that starting in Psalm 115, Psalm 115. And I really want to zero in on verse number three, Psalm 115, verse three. It says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. I think that's one of the most critical verses in the entire Bible. That's so straightforward and so strong. No matter what is going on on this planet, God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. Our God is sovereign. Our God is 100% in control. And no matter what happens on November 3rd, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And then this psalm particularly goes on to compare God to idols. And it really um, makes the point that these idols are useless and they aren't really of any help. But God is, and what we'll see tomorrow is he then makes the argument to put their trust in the Lord. And I think that verse really, especially this week in the midst of the first presidential debate and and all eyes starting to shift more and more towards what's going to happen in this election, even as we start to think more about uh, what this means for our nation and and pay attention to these things, what we want to start with is this solid affirmation that our God is 100% in control. 
And, and that's why something I've often said about politics is, hey, as Christians, there are things we should be concerned about, but we should never be afraid. Uh, should you be concerned with what goes on in this election? I think yes, absolutely. There are many things we should be concerned about, but should we be afraid? I think the answer is clearly no, because our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. And we're going to see this thought process laid out even more as we turn to the book of Isaiah today. Isaiah uh, chapters 45 to 47. And we're introduced here to King Cyrus. Uh, King Cyrus, who God calls out ahead of time. And really, we know from the later books that King Cyrus is going to be the one that commissions the temple to be rebuilt. And here we are, hundreds of years ahead of that, Isaiah is calling this king out by name. Now, was King Cyrus a godly person? Uh, No, if we dig into history, that's what we would find. But what we find is God was 100% in control and God was using this king of a pagan nation to accomplish his own purposes and he was calling it out centuries in advance. Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. And I think he elaborates really on that point at different spaces in what we're going to read in Isaiah. Look at... uh, It starts off in chapter 45, verse 1, calling out Cyrus and really calling what he is going to do. But then what's the reason? Why is he able to to tell Cyrus and raise him up to accomplish his purposes? Verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Here he is saying, I'm the God that's in control, even saying things that may be shocking when we stop and think about them. But when he says, I form light and create darkness, I make well-being and create calamity. God saying he's in control even over these things that some people might think of as concerning, things that they might see as, whoa, what's going on in the world? And God says, I am in control because I am the Lord and there is no other. And as you read through these passages today, you're going to see those kind of thoughts brought up a lot. God proclaiming that he is the Lord, God saying that there is no one else. And another encouraging thing that we see is towards the end, um, when in verses 22 and 23, the end of uh, Isaiah 45, God calls out, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself, I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness, a word that shall not return to me. Every knee shall bow every tongue shall swear allegiance. And that really echoes what we read later in the New Testament, specifically of Christ in Philippians chapter two, when it says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And we know as Christians, that's how history is going to end. History is going to end with every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
We, we don't know all of how history is going to progress between now and then. But what we do know is that God is 100% in control of all of it. So yes, so much as Christians we should be concerned about, but we should not be afraid. And we should trust that God is in control and he is working through nations. He is working through rulers to accomplish his will. And even the cry that he is making, he is calling people here to repent and find salvation. And we should also know as Christians, right now, that is our job. It is our job to be calling the world to repentance and letting the world know that there is salvation and it's not going to come from finances. It's not going to come from, you know, some vaccine that's going to, you know, supposedly cure the coronavirus. It's not going to come from politics. True salvation can only be found in God. And so we should call the world to turn and be saved. And even as we think about God working through human rulers to accomplish his purposes, that really makes me think of what we're reading in the Gospel of Luke today as really the trial of Jesus before Pilate, who had the political authority there in Palestine, as we see really what I think is one of maybe perhaps the greatest failure by a political leader ever in history. And that's Pontius Pilate delivering up Jesus to be crucified even when he knew this man had done nothing wrong. Multiple times in our passage today, as we look at Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 25, multiple times in our chat passage today, we see Pilate saying this man has done nothing deserving death, but it ends with him delivering up Jesus to be crucified. What a weak, unjust, wicked move by a political leader. I don't think we we can find any example of a failure that is greater than that, than delivering up the Son of God to be crucified. But what do we know as Christians? That was all part of God's plan. And, And God was working through this failure to accomplish redemption for you and for me. That even though this was the worst thing that's ever happened in the world, the Son of God was crucified, he was murdered. This was part of God's plan to bring about salvation and redemption for the world. We serve a God that is in control. He is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. And even when it looks like the world is out of control and that the rulers of this world are doing the wrong things, God is absolutely in control and he is accomplishing his will. And we know more of just the significance of what Christ accomplished as we continue in Hebrews chapter 10, where today we look at verses 1 through 18, and he's really driving home again that the sacrifice of Jesus is better than the sacrifices under this old covenant system. Because again, Jesus, he sacrificed once for all his blood actually has the power to take away sins, the blood of bulls and goats, it says in verse four, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And the high priest, you know, they would offer sacrifices every day and repeat the same sacrifices. But Christ, it says in verse 12, when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those 
who are being sanctified. So even there, we see so much. God was accomplishing his purpose that through the blood of Christ, we would be sanctified. And we know where history is going to end, that the enemies of Christ will be made a footstool for his feet. And, And so as Christians, as we kick off the month of October, there's probably going to be a lot that we should be aware of. I think more than anything, as Christians, we should be devoted this next month to pray for our nation and to lift our concerns up to God. And what should shape all of our perspective on this is that our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases, that he accomplishes his will even through the failure of human leaders. And we see that in the crucifixion, really, of Jesus Christ. And we know how this is all going to end, that someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.